Well, well, well. Megan Rapino wore formal shorts to the ESPYs last night. Formal shorts. And that is all the people need to know about the ESPYs. I saw Matt Cullen's retirement video. I'm going to get Matt Cullen to produce my retirement video. It was top-notch production. I didn't cry. You cried. Talk of the devil. Matt Cullen joins me on this program at 3.30 for his exit interview. This is the Mark Madden Show. I am the best deal in the territory. Dial 412-333-WXDX to go one-on-one with the great one. Or join me on Twitter at my temporary address during my suspension at SuperGeniusX. Liverpool FC currently playing its first exhibition game. They lead Tranmere Rovers 1-0 in the first half. It's starting already. Some rumors are circulating about who the Pirates might be trying to get. But with the Pirates, you never know if they're actually trying to get somebody or if it's just PR so they can say they tried. One guy is Andrew Kashner, the right-handed pitcher with Baltimore. He's making 8 mil. He's got a team option next year at 10 mil. Baltimore stinks. They've won 27 games, and Kashner has won nine of those. He's got a decent ERA and a decent whip. The other guy's Homer Bailey, another right. He used to be with Cincinnati. He's a rental. He was 1-14 with Cincinnati last year, so at least he knows the National League and the division. The problem is they know him too. This year, he's with Kansas City, and his ERA is 4.8. You'd much rather have Kashner, but... It didn't cost much less to get Homer Bailey. But that's because Bailey stinks, so why get him? But I'll be honest. If I could get Bailey for a bag of balls, hey, why not? It's weird, though, because Homer Bailey never was any good. He's been in MLB for 13 years, and his career ERA is 4.5. But he's a legit, experienced starting pitcher, and maybe he could catch fire coming to a contender. Well, a quasi-contender anyway, and Bailey has pitched okay for a couple weeks or so. But I just don't think there's a deal there to be made that puts the Pirates over the top. And after what happened last year with that Archer deal, I can't trade a Cole Tucker for a pitcher. I can't dip into my prospect pool yet again. I was on Stan Saverin's show today, and I mentioned that uh, maybe you don't need Tucker, because you got Newman at shortstop. And Stan said, well, what about Newman at second base, Tucker at shortstop, and Adam Frazier becomes a super utility player. That's when the Pirates were good, when they had a guy like Josh Harrison as a super utility, when they had that depth. Less can be more for a lot of guys. It was for Harrison. That might be the case with Adam Frazier, although he did play every day for a week to start July and hit 625. But again, I just don't think there's a deal to be made that gets the Pirates in the playoffs. That deal isn't possible. They're not going to get Bumgarner or one of the stud starting pitchers. That's just not the Pirates. If you got Homer Bailey as a rental, I mean, he's not Max Scherzer. He's a bum. But that's the level of guy the Pirates can get. It's not like the Pirates' pitching needs to get a little better for the Pirates to make the playoffs. They got the eighth-worst ERA in baseball. 
their foes got the 10th highest batting average. I don't see a trade to be made that fixes all that, nor can I imagine much improvement from within. And by the way, uh, one reason I don't want to trade Cole Tucker is because he's got charisma. He's done fine in AAA since going back. He's hitting almost 300. But beyond that, Tucker's got charisma. He can hit, run, field, and maybe sell some tickets and some merch. He's a poster boy. The Pirates are back in action tomorrow night at Chicago, and I say they get ahead of the curve and attack Joe Madden tonight at his house. I mentioned uh, Megan Rapino before. There are some Nike ads featuring her in the subways in New York City, and a couple got defaced by homophobic slurs. That's horrible, we would all agree. The uh, New York Police Department is treating this as a hate crime, and it is. But now, uh, is the NYPD going to try and hunt down everyone who tags offensive graffiti in the subways? Because that might take a while. I've seen those subways. There's more graffiti than not graffiti. Uh, Serena Williams won her match today and is in the Wimbledon final. It's her 11th Wimbledon final. She's up against uh, Simona Halep. And Williams is so good that even when she's not very good, she might be good enough and still better than everybody else. Her peak is so high, her second best might still win titles for quite a while moving forward. The problem is you got Serena in the women's final and Nadal and Federer in one men's semi, and it's like, what, again? Today's a weird day. It's our fourth straight day without a Pittsburgh team playing a game. So if you've got any topics... Fire away. We might go off the grid quite a bit today. Uh, This rain all day has been unbelievable. I live on an island, but we've got about 25 feet to go with the water line, so we should be okay. It's the low-lying areas that are having some real problems, and there's this huge sinkhole in this driveway off McKnight Road. It looks like a scene from This is the End. So... Good luck and take care to anybody having problems because you just don't beat Mother Nature. Mother Nature's undefeated along with, uh, well, guys, you know. 412-333-9939. Here's a great quote. Uh, Mike Vrabel used to play linebacker here, won some Super Bowls with the Patriots. He's now the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Vrabel said he'd cut off his penis to win a Super Bowl because he's already been married 20 years and isn't using it much anyway. That may be the greatest thing any coach has ever said, ever. 412-333-9939. We got Matt Cullen at 3.30 for his exit interview. And up. Clay Travis, who's a talk host of some repute, made a great point about the equal pay debate uh, that's raging with women's and men's soccer. It's the Mark Man Show at 105.90X. From the Body Pochran Collision and Customization Traffic Center. 28 inbound is closed between 910 and Freeport Road for... Oh, really? Awesome call. The X at 105.9. <laughs> Thank you.
Okay, I got one more note about the ESPYs. Odell Beckham Jr. showed up dressed as a knapsack. You got to see the pictures. You'll you'll get it. I didn't hear one word that was spoken at the ESPYs last night, but everyone says Tracy Morgan bombed as the host of the ESPYs. All he talked was about was getting hit by that Walmart truck. Dude, that happened five years ago. And don't make it about you. You're hosting basically a big-ass sports banquet. Uh, Morgan also told a joke about Janet Jackson's boob popping out at the Super Bowl. Bro, that happened 15 years ago. Tracy Morgan just isn't funny anymore. And apparently, as he bombed, uh, sound technicians added fake laughter for TV so he didn't sound as bad. Uh, the U.S. women's soccer team was at the ESPYs. Here's a quote from uh, Clay Travis, a sports talk host, about women wanting equal pay in soccer. The Women's World Cup generated $131 million in revenue, and women's teams earned 20%, while the Men's World Cup generated $6 billion, and the men's teams received 7%. The women are making three times more than the men, unquote. I'm not sure his figures are exactly right, but roughly they are. The math makes sense. The economics makes sense. What Clay Travis says is really correct. And speaking of math, my ratings are still tremendous. And I never had to do a live show at a gas station at 530 in the morning. But if you're going up against me in this time slot, here's some things you better understand. Normally, when one radio show is up against another radio show, you got a 50-50 chance of winning. But I'm a super genius, and I'm not normal. So at best, if you're the B team, you got a 25% chance of beating me. And then you add DVE into the mix, and you got a 33 and a third percent chance of winning. But I got a 66 and two-thirds chance of winning because Sean McDowell knows he can't beat me and doesn't even try. That's why he's retiring. So B team, you take your 33 and a third chance minus your 25% chance and you got an 8 and a third chance of winning. But then you take my 75% chance of winning and add in my 66 and two thirds percent chance of winning and I got 141 and two thirds percent chance of winning this time slot in all the male demographics in perpetuity. The numbers don't lie and they spell disaster for you. So this is to all my freaks out there. When I get behind and do the bump and grind, the super genius is your hookup. Holler if you hear me. And thanks to uh, Scott Steiner, Big Papa Pump, for the inspiration for that one. I got to throw this out there. It's It's a quote from a guy in wrestling, Corey Graves, who's from Monroeville, who's uh, a color commentator on both of WWE's big shows. He tweets, in 35 years, I think the greatest loss my generation has suffered is the ability to intelligently debate and discuss an issue, even a non-issue. Everyone is so quick to resort to anger and outrage before thought and research. That's well put by Corey Graves, and there's about 141 and two-thirds percent chance that he's right about that. Up next, 
joining me for his exit interview, retiring after 21 seasons, it's three-time Stanley Cup champion Matt Cullen here on 105.9 The X. The most music in the morning. Very classy. Abby on The X. Uh, 105.9. They wore assless chaps. Would that help at all? If they what? The X at 105.9. My guest right now is retiring after 21 seasons in the National Hockey League. He won three Stanley Cups, including two with the Penguins. It's a great pleasure to speak to Matt Cullen. Uh, First off, Matt, congratulations on a great career. Uh, 21 years certainly says a lot about your performance and your value. Yeah, well, thanks, Mark. It's good to be on with you here. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's kind of a fun time to look back on uh, quite a few memories. But no, I, uh, I've I've been blown away by. Uh, gosh, it's it's fun looking back on it. Uh, it's been more than I ever would have hoped for. I'll tell you that. I'm sure you've been blown away by all the tributes that have come your way from former teammates on Twitter, other forms of social media. Everybody's chiming in. Yeah, no, it's pretty crazy. I I mean, it's pretty humbling. Truthfully, I I would never expect all that. Um, I've never been a star in the league, so I, I probably don't deserve all that either. But it's uh, it's obviously really nice for me to read it. It you know it makes you feel good about I guess what you did in your long career. And uh, again, though, I just really I'm thankful. I, I get you know so many people <laughs> have gone out of their way to uh, acknowledge me, and uh, it's awfully nice. But um, no, it's been a fun fun thing going through this, and like I said, it brought back a lot of good memories. And, uh, heard from a lot of people from many years ago, you know, from when my career started. So it's actually been kind of a cool experience. What do you think enabled you to last that long, Matt? Uh, looking back and having seen you play all those years, I feel like your skating never let you down. Yeah, that was one thing that I always focused on, and I guess I got a little bit of help on that early in my career. I, I worked with some really good people that I was put in touch with. Um, Jack Latherwick is a guy when I was a younger kid. He used to work with the 1980 Olympic team, which is obviously quite a while ago, but he was one of the first guys, like, right before I started high school, he started helping me with my skating because my skating was kind of like my weak spot uh, coming into into college and into the NHL. I, I had to work on my foot speed, and um, that was just one of those things that from a young age I started working at that every summer with the idea that I got to get a little bit faster every year, and uh, I guess I never stopped doing that, and, and, you know, that probably is what helped me to play for so long because – you know, that's one of the things that helped help carry me was my skating got to the point where it was pretty strong and um, <clears throat> allowed me to stay in the game when when the game was continuing to get faster every year. Now, you were great on face-offs and the PK and the defensive intricacies. How did you learn that stuff? Because a lot of that is more intangible. It's it's more stuff you have to experience, isn't it? Yeah, it really is because, you know, it's that's something that at that level in the NHL you just have to have to experience it and see what happens in those big moments at the end of the game and the penalty kills and the, you know, face-offs. I think you can really improve throughout your career just by watching other guys and, 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 and being around other guys that are doing different things. But, you know, that's, it's, it's for me, when I started my career, I was really an offensive guy. I was like a top two line guy and a power play guy. And I was never on the ice at the end of the game. So it was kind of fun later in my career. It was a totally new challenge to be counted on more as a defensive guy and, you know, just to be able to lean on some experience um, and watching some of the best in the game, like a Roddy Brindamore uh, in Carolina, and there's been a lot of other guys I've played with, but you, you can kind of see what they do and how they play in those, you know, you know, crucial moments at the end of games or big penalty kills and big face-offs. So that, I think all that experience served me well and allowed me to sort of adapt my game as I got later in my career. 
Did it get tougher for you physically, Don, at the end? How you felt, especially maybe this last season? You know, I felt pretty good, truthfully. Um, you know, it's 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 a lot more time consuming um, as you get older. You know, the warming up, the continuing to work on your mobility, um, and then you know, keep maintaining a level of power so you can skate and be explosive. And you know, the game is getting so young and fast, and there's so many explosive kids out there. It's you have to really work at it. And so, obviously, when you're 40 some years old. Uh, it just takes more time, and so you have to put a lot of time in. And I think the biggest thing for me that that time demand got to be a lot, you know, um, especially when you're at home in the summer and you want to spend time with the kids, and you got to be in the gym for a few hours, and then you're on the ice for a couple more. So, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot that goes into it. Obviously, it was all worth it, and I was uh, happy to do it, and I really enjoyed that side of it. But um, yeah, it's it, it's a lot. As you get older, it gets to be a lot. Now, who did your retirement video? Uh, because it was outstanding. I I got to admit, Matt, I teared up a little bit. Oh, man, yeah, well, it was tough for me watching the first couple drafts they sent him, and I was like, holy cow, I'm not going to get through <laughs> through any of this, but they, uh, they're they good. It was, you know, it's the guys uh, with the, in the room, the, the Penn's TV Right, guys. Leo McCaffrey yeah. and those guys, right? <laughs> Andrew, and, uh, Andrew and Johnny are the two that kind of had it all up. Man, they're so good. Um, and obviously Johnny's a St. Cloud State grad, so that explains all that for you, no problem, <laughs> same as me, but... Um, no, it's uh, they're just the best, and, and everybody sees it when they do the in the room features and they do the playoff stuff. Man, they're so good. So, yeah, they they said they would be happy to do it, and it was kind of sort of their idea. And I, I thought it was really cool, and I was honestly just honored they would do that for me. So they did a nice job. I was blown away by it, and I hope they get I hope they get credit for it because they put in a lot of time, and man, they made it nice. Now, did your three sons want you to retire? Because I bet they didn't. But now you get to be even more of a hockey dad so it's good for them that way yeah well i told them they've had enough say over these years and uh it's time for me time for me to make the decision so we uh we just you know what i just i had a strong feeling coming home this year that this is the right time to be done and um they they always you know they love being around the game and and so they they'd like me to play forever but at the same time i think they're pretty happy that i'll be home and being able to be on the ice with them and spend some more time and you know already we've been able to do a lot more things in the summer that we otherwise wouldn't have been able to if I was training for another season. So it's good. You know, they're at, a, at, a, at an age where it's really nice for me to be around a lot more and to be able to enjoy their, their stuff and sort of let them take over. So it's, a, it's good timing. We're talking to Matt Cullen here on the home of the Penguins, 105.9 The X. Uh, Matt, you played for eight teams. Which team or teams do you identify with most looking back? You know, probably, you know, the three that stand out, and, and I don't want to slight the other ones because they've all been awesome and they've all been great for me. But, you know, for sure Pittsburgh, you know, winning the two cups and the experience we had with our family, they just it just stands out the most. And my time in Carolina was really good, and, and you know, winning Stanley Cup there made it awfully special. And then, you know, being in Minnesota, which is home for me, and that's the team that I grew up cheering for and wanting to play for as a little kid. Um, so those three, I mean, you know, to win the cups in those two awesome places, and then obviously to be able to play in your childhood home and play in front of fans at home and, and family, that that was pretty special. So those are the three when I look back that you know really stand out as as pretty special and pretty unique. Now your teammates called you dad here in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and I always thought you got a big kick out of being the old guy on a good young team. Uh, why was that? What was so fun about that? Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> It's not, there's nothing you can really do about it. I, I just enjoy it. I mean, it, I always just got to kick about how things come full circle. Cause for me, it really, it always felt like it wasn't that long ago when I was a young kid, you know, learning from all the old guys and probably, you know, bugging them with questions. And 
so I found it really fun to be on the other side, and I uh, we had such a fun, nice group of kids on our team and young guys. And I, I really enjoyed being around them. And so, you know what, if they called me dad, I got a kick out of it. Uh, and, and it was fun to really try to help them in any way I could. So, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, like, you can't do anything about being the oldest guy. I guess I took it more as a compliment, more as something that I was proud of and that I was still sticking around and tried to make the most of it. What made those two cup-winning teams here in Pittsburgh so great and got them to the pinnacle? Yeah, good question. I mean, it's hard to put one finger on it. Obviously, there was an unbelievable amount of talent in the room, but I just thought that the way that everybody grabbed onto their individual roles and just did the best with them, you know, like, I mean, I think back to, obviously, we had the stars, and that always is what carries you, and, and there's no question that that group of stars was maybe as good as there's ever been on a on a team that won, but... I think the middle of the road, the role, the role guys really just did such a good job at their roles. And I think of guys like Benino and Oh Cooney at that time and uh, Trevor Daly and Ronnie Hainsey. I mean, there's left a long list of guys that, you know, just, just really stepped up and made it a team. And, and, and that was the biggest thing. I think it was, they were some of the closest teams I've ever been on. And guys were so proud of their role. Um, I, I don't know. To me, that's what made it special. Jim Rutherford had you in Carolina as the GM and then brought you to Pittsburgh. Talk about that relationship, Matt, because there's obviously a lot of trust that exists there both ways. Yeah, yeah, there there is. And, and you know, I, I consider myself lucky. I think anybody that, you know, can develop a relationship with somebody that trusts them and, and counts on them um, as a player anyways, I know that's all you could ever ask for. And, you know, Jim gave me some opportunities at, at some times in my career where, you know, everything worked out really good. Um, but I, I'm just thankful for everything that he's done for me. And um, obviously it, it was pretty cool how it always seemed to work out, you know, going to Carolina there. We won a cup the first year and then coming to Pittsburgh, it worked out. So, you know, it's uh, everything seemed to work out. But, you know, like I said, it's just uh, it means a lot to you as an athlete when somebody really believes in you and, and trusts you. Um puts you in a position to succeed and, and truthfully as an athlete that's all you can really ever ask for uh, Matt do you have a single most memorable moment for your career because you certainly have a lot of moments to look back on oh man I don't I don't yeah that's a good question I don't know if I have a single I don't know if I can single one out I mean just you know the Stanley Cups and winning those are just the things that probably more than anything just stand out above the rest and you know it just those are the sort of the culmination of a lifelong dream. So, and each one of them is so special and so different. I mean, I look at the two we won in Pittsburgh, and they're so different in every every aspect. Like, it almost felt like it was different teams. It just there were so many differences, and so you just enjoy that the sort of the small details of every one. And um, those are the things I guess I enjoy. I mean, I, probably Cooney scoring that goal in double overtime against uh, Ottawa to go to the finals. That was pretty awesome, you know. Beating Washington those two years in, the, in those two cup <laughs> races were pretty special. Like, it's hard to pick out one, but um, there were some pretty awesome ones, I'll tell you that. Now, what do you do now, Mac? Because I think you'd make a great coach or Scott or even a personnel guy. But then again, you got a backyard rink and three kids. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. And, I'm, you know, it's something I'm going to give a little bit of time Um uh, well, I will. I'll be surprised if I don't, you know, end up with the game, in the game of hockey. Yeah, I can't imagine my life without hockey. Really, it's the only thing I've ever done and all I've ever really wanted to do. So, um, you know, I'll be involved with my kids' hockey, and and, and I'm just going to probably step back these next few weeks, months, whatever, and, and just kind of 
get away from it a bit and then then make a decision on what what will be best for the future but um yeah i'm going to try to just kind of enjoy a little bit here and then uh and then decide what what happens next but i i won't be able to you know probably sit still long i, I think i'll probably go crazy if i'm sitting still for too long so i'm sure something will work out here even at 42 was it still tough to retire to actually pull that trigger yeah it was yeah there's just there's no like real rule book or anything to follow when it comes time for that and you know as much as you feel like okay yeah this is this is definitely the right time there's always that little voice in the back of your head saying man you know you could probably do one more but i i don't know, i feel pretty comfortable with making the decision and um you know i'm at peace with everything and i'm really content with with uh the career i've had and and really i'm i'm excited for kind of a new challenge too you know like i've been doing the playing hockey for however many years and um so I'm, I'm excited for what the future holds. Like I'll look forward to it, whatever it is. One last thing: you got that trick dot black and gold ATV for your 1500th game. Have the boys yeah. wrecked that yet? <laughs> it's still in one piece. It's got some dirt on it for sure, but uh, yeah, it's in it's in one piece. They're uh, they're loving it. They're uh, that was like the highlight when we came home. It was sitting in the garage, and man, there were some pretty excited faces. So yeah, we put some time in on it. I'll tell you for sure. So it's been good. Matt, uh, thanks a lot for everything. It was great to work with you and watch your work. Uh, you definitely did it the right way, and I hope we run into each other. Thanks again. Yeah, I appreciate it, Mark. Thanks a lot. That is Matt Cullen. 1,500 games and change. You know, he's going to be back in hockey. You know, I mentioned scout, assistant coach, personnel guy. I think he'd be a great personnel guy. I think he knows who's good, who isn't. That applies to scouting, too, but... What about college coach? Played at St. Cloud, American board, Minnesota, grew up in that culture. I think he'd be pretty much great at any hockey job, but I don't know. I got a hunch about college coach. Anyway, thanks to Matt Cullen for everything. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. Innovative temperature control technologies. Greater performance, energy efficiency, and savings. New home heating and cooling. Today, yep, my shoes cost more than your house. The X at 105.9. Thanks again to Matt Cullen and, of course, uh, Jen Bolano, the Penn's PR lady. Really enjoyed working with Cully over the years here and uh, having him on the show today. What do you think of the interview? You can't tell me on Twitter because Twitter is shut down everywhere. The outage appears worldwide, and you know why that is. You suspend Mark Madden X, the people going to revolt. My followers going to find a way to make you pay. Pay your bills, Twitter. Pay your bills. Uh, Josh Norman, the NFL cornerback with Washington, he participated in the running of the Bulls at Pamplona, Spain. There's a video of him leaping over one of the Bulls. I believe that Norman was flagged for interference. Think about if dude doesn't time his jump just right. You get a pair of horns in the crotch, career over. A lot over. Now in a similar vein, I should, I should find this video and post it. 
I saw a video of Antonio Brown catching balls while balancing on one foot on some kind of wobbly platform with his arms connected by a strap behind his back while wearing some kind of dark glasses to lessen his vision. Now, if that situation ever comes up in a game, if he runs around on one foot while balancing on a platform with his arms connected by a strap behind his back while wearing, uh, it says here, strobe glasses, I would bet on A.B. to make that catch. What I wouldn't bet on is him showing up for that game if he's pissed about something. Uh, a couple NBA notes, because I just can't help myself. I just have an NBA segment every every show. Uh, the Houston Rockets, this is too funny. They reportedly want to trade for Russell Westbrook. Yeah, that'll work great with him, James Harden, and Chris Paul. Harden and Paul hate each other now, so let's throw a bigger asshat than either of them into the mix. Westbrook, Harden, and Paul on the same team. They still only use one ball, right? Uh, ESPN's Chris Carter, who played football but somehow covers basketball, he says Kevin Durant will be ready to play in six months. Yeah, okay, that's if he hops around on one leg. Anybody, Durant, whoever, playing in six months after an Achilles tear would be a miracle. Remember Adrian Peterson popped his knee and he came back in eight months? Well, this is the worst injury, and Chris Carter's saying that Durant will come back in less time. Here's a great quote from Colin Coward about the L.A. Lakers, who now have LeBron, Anthony Davis, Boogie Cousins, Coward said, quote, I just see the Lakers as odd, disparate parts that make a good movie poster, but I don't think it clicks. Good stuff by Colin Coward. Always good stuff from Colin Coward. Let's get the phones going. I hate, you know, I hate radio guys who beg for calls. Although if, like, for example, I was hosting a show at a gas station at 530 in the morning, I probably would beg for calls. Yes, I would. But, uh, but uh, this is just a tough stretch. Pirates off since Sunday. No Steeler camp. No Penguin news. Well, no, not really. Thank God Matt Cullen retired. Cully, if you're going to quit, the timing was right as far as old Double M's concerned. Let's consider today's exit interview and the timing of your retirement to be your last and very appreciated gifts to me, uh, the super genius. So give me a ring, and like I said, I'm not saying ask Mark anything, but I'm saying if you want to go out sucks and come up with crap, wouldn't be a bad day to do it. Uh, oh, Permanis sent over the Wiz Khalifa sandwich. The black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. It has steak, roast beef, and cheese Whiz. It's incredible. The black and yellow might be Permanis' best new sandwich in years and years like I said steak and roast beef and you can really taste the difference which I was somewhat in doubt about a little bacon too wow great so thanks to Permanis and I will be back for more not unlike rats uh, Coast to Coast brought to you by CW Electrical Services make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com and by the Ford King Richard Vazzy Schultz Ford and Wexford and Harmerville not far from a gas station if you'd like to do a radio show at 5.30 in the morning. I'm making fun of that big time 
Stars don't do that. A star would say when asked to do a radio show at 5.30 in the morning at a gas station, no. And you know how I know? Because I used to. Working, ironically, for the same guy who would think it was a good idea to do a show at a gas station at 5.30 in the morning. Why not go out during commercial breaks and check the oil? How friggin' minor league can you get? Let's go to Ernie in Brackenridge. Ernie, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Uh, got a pen question, but you were talking about the SB. If anybody's never seen it, go on YouTube and watch the 98 Norm McDonald. Yeah, I posted the Norm McDonald video on the website yesterday. So what do you got about the Penguins? Hey, uh, right now, constructed roster as is. Do you think it's good to go or do you need to make any more additions? Good good to go what? For the To make a run for it this year. Never mind the roster. Evgeny Malkin has to play to his usual level. Has to play to his capabilities 5-on-5. Five five. And if he doesn't do that, nothing else matters. To quote Metallica. Thank you for the call, Ernie. Oh, by the way, my blog today. It's pretty funny. Manchester United. Liverpool's big rival who have been great, but they suck right now. They're training in Australia. They're doing like an exhibition tour over there like Liverpool will be next week here in the States. I'll be at the game at South Bend next week. And uh, so United's training, practicing at Perth, Australia in this big uh, stadium. 12,000 Man United fans are in attendance. And a plane flies overhead trailing a banner. Liverpool FC six-time European champions. And it just kept circling the stadium. Uh, Some Liverpool fans paid to have that happen, of course, but uh, if you're the United guys after the crappy season they just had, you got to be thinking, wow, we really needed this. It never rains, but it pours. So we got the video of that on the Mark Madden page at WXBX.com. And even if you're not a a soccer fan, you got to see it because that's how you troll. That is a masterclass in trolling. No doubt on that. Let's go to Matt on the north side. Matt, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Good to get the chance to talk to you. What's up, um, Matt? Uh, I just wanted to ask, um, with all the uh, uh, transactions and stuff like that going on in the NBA this offseason, has this made you more excited to watch the upcoming season Absolutely not. No. no. No, of course not. Why? Should it? I don't know. It seems like there's going to be a little bit more parity in the league. No, F the NBA, F basketball. Uh, The only thing that will happen last year and for a couple years now, four exactly, I think, I was watching the occasional Philly 76ers game because of TJ McConnell. I have now switched my allegiance to the Indiana Pacers. Go Pacers! Although, to be honest, i got to get a roster because I couldn't name one other player on the team besides TJ. They got that one guy who'd been hurt. What's his name? Uh, Victor Oladipo? Yep, I love him. Good good yeah. one. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, it's a long version of Coast to Coast when you go back to the beginning. Uh, you know what I want to talk about uh, next segment? The two rumors I'm hearing about the Pirates. Andrew Kashner, the righty from Baltimore, Homer Bailey, the righty from Kansas City. Kashner's pretty good. Bailey stinks. It would take a lot to get Kashner... Bailey, not so much. But I don't think there's a deal out there that can get the Pirates uh, to where they want to go. 
Let's go to Dan in Greensburg. Dan, you're on with Mark. Hey, man, uh, why is always Cena's fault, man? You know, you're like, it's up to Gino to make a run. What about... Uh, it, it, well, Sid wasn't minus 27 last year. Sid's production wasn't piss poor 5-on-5. Five five. Any other questions? I don't think you're no hockey expert, man. You're oh, always- oh, okay, guy on dope from Greensburg. Why don't you go out to Kirk S. Nevin Arena where the ice isn't up and plunge face first right into the concrete? Gino, 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 Gino! Why you always pick on Gino? <laughs> anyway, Kashner and uh, Bailey. That uh, those are two pretty disparate uh, pitchers. The Pirates apparently are considering getting. Kashner's won nine games, and I know we don't put a lot of credence in wins as a stat anymore. But when your team's won 27 and you've won nine, that says something about you. That's like when Steve Carlton won 27 games for the Philadelphia Phillies. Was that, I think, back in 72? And uh, they lost 100 games. Incredible. One thing about Homer Bailey, though, he has two no-hitters. He has a career ERA of 4.5, but he has two no-hitters. If not for those two no-hitters, his career ERA would probably be up around six. And guess who one of those no-hitters was against? That's right. The Pirates. 412-333-9939. Your thoughts on the notion of getting Kashner or Bailey? In 30 seconds, I, uh, I eulogize one of my lifelong heroes. Haven't mentioned it yet this show, but I'm going to mention it now. That's 30 seconds away on 105.9 X. Your smart speaker might be listening to every word you say. Unless you play something loud. Alexa, play 